Hey, welcome back to the Go Time Podcast. Um, this one is on the second part of the interview with Buster Frierson. Um, We continue on with uh, looking into ranching, the uh, hard work and determination it takes to exceed and excel in different things and what it's uh, what the lifestyle of um, rural America is like and get to join in a little bit more of the fun um, stories about uh, how things got to where they were with Buster. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I did. And uh, here we go. Also, before we get started, um, I want to thank a couple of sponsors. They're not really sponsors. They're, 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 they're actually people that are, are companies and people that I want to um, give a little bit of a shout out to that have helped me out through my, out my career. Purina Mills has always been a part of my program, um, and they have supported me in several different ways. Um, but not only do they support me, um, I support them. Uh, they they have put so much into the research of my uh, feeding program and my horses that it's given me something that I don't necessarily have to put a lot of thought into. I have over the years, and I definitely have put a lot into it, and so have they. Um, and they make my job a lot easier. They have um, they have such a great research facility and they've eliminated a lot of the thinking that um and and the research behind it to make sure that the things that i'm feeding my horses is of the best quality and and keep them as healthy as they can be um nutrition wise um to be going up and down the road and go and show um also uh ritama equine hospital uh dr martin out there has been my veterinarian for a long time and and um it takes a lot of experience to be able to keep good show horses on the road, um, being healthy and happy. Um, I, you're not going to get an athlete to perform to the, its uh, best by if they're feeling less than their best. And um, and these guys between Rotama and Purina, they give me the opportunity to be able to um, give my horses the best chance possible to perform at a top level. and um, And they make up part of the team. So I just want to give a little thanks and shout out to those guys. And in the meantime, let's get started with the infamous, the famous Buster Frierson. Here we go. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. I think that's something that is not explained well and is is missed by most people when they first come into and decide they want to go ride horses and, and do something with horses. And, you know, everything has gone up in price oh, in the no past doubt. 25 years that you ain't buying anything worth a flip, you know, for 
seven thousand dollars anymore. I mean, it, and and people are like, oh, I would, what's that worth? Well, I mean, like if I've spent that many years on a horse to get to that point, and he's helping me make a a, a living, and he's, you know, what's his value? Right. You know, mm. I, I was I was selling a horse to a lady one time for a daughter. And she just, you know, she, she didn't, the mom didn't know much, but she was trying to make a good deal and she didn't want to spend, you know, more than what she had to or whatever. And she'd, you know, the daughter, the horse they got her was cheap and was dumping her and all kinds of stuff. And she come out to look and she just, you know, this mare that she was riding, you know, just didn't quite, she couldn't figure out how it was worth the price that I'd put on it. Right. Right. And she said, well, I just don't see it. How, how do you figure Base that price on it. And I said, well, how much is that ambulance ride going to cost you the next time she comes off? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, there's a price on that. I don't yeah. know how, how, how do you figure that? I mean, I think those are about $5,000 on a trip, mm-hmm. you know? Well, you don't have to go very far. Yeah. Yeah. So with it's that. It's 9000 a mile on a helicopter. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah, it's 9000 a mile on a helicopter. So you figure that, you know, I mean, depending on where you're at. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, I've got two. I've got two for my little girl. She's 10. And out here riding around with their friend, the little pony, and the other older one that's like 18, 19. And I turn her loose on this place. You bet. And what is, what is old Hobo that's, you know, not 18, 19, however old he is. And I, he spent last year in a stall because he broke his coffin bone. I mean, a whole year yeah. in the stall for a broken coffin bone. Took him out there, hopped on him the first ride after one whole year in the stall. I rode him for 15 minutes. Handed him over to her and said, have at it. And that horse, like, what's he worth? You ain't buying that thing for no nothing. Not $1,500. No way. No. What were those old commercials where it says such and such, and then what is that worth? And then the other deal would be priceless. Priceless, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the whole deal. Like, on those horses like that, they are. They're priceless. I mean. They really are. Whether you're, you know, what I think I always say it, I don't know where it came from or where I heard it. I didn't come up with it by any means, but good shit ain't cheap. Cheap shit ain't good. (laughs) That's true. I mean, it is. Like You can go buy a $10 pair of shoes, tennis shoes, and they'll be tore up or you'll be crippled in a a week. Or you can go buy a $300 pair of running shoes and go do the same thing, you know, and it'd be, and and they last you for six months, you know, yeah. wearing tear and you're not and crippled. your knees ain't hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like I say, good shit ain't cheap, cheap shit ain't good. Yeah, that's so true. And I, you know, a, a lot of that stuff just is, is glossed over, you yeah. know, finding out and going and buying from somebody reputable that you can see it and you yeah. know it. And, and, and even guys like me and you who use their horse for a living that are something that that mine is, you know, how good is it in the pen? If he can go and show and he can, yeah. Like, you can go win me money and get me more business and do all this other stuff. I mean, that thing's my livelihood. So, what is his value? Man, you want to take him from me, you ain't taking him. Yeah, you ain't getting him for cheap. You can buy him. You can buy him, but it's going to cost you. No doubt. And so, why is that one so expensive? Well, because it's projected. I can win this amount of money, or it does something for my business, or it takes care of my kid. Well, I don't have to babysit that thing, babysit her all day long. You bet. You know, that's worth a ton a ton of money yeah you know just like we go back to being my old 21 year old horse the guy told me the other day said how much money have you won off of him i have no idea yeah you know and i just cowboy off of him and ranch rodeo and go to double muggins and some team ropings but i mean you get to thinking about it and i go to trying to add it up and it's like 
Well, we won this ranch rodeo and it paid forty thousand to win it. We won a team roping and it paid thirty thousand to win a World Series. And I was heading off of him. I won five double muggins on him that paid anywhere from six thousand to ten thousand. You know, I made, and then I punched cows on him for twenty years. You know, for eighteen years, nineteen years. So I mean, like. Yeah, how much money has that song? You know, and he's just a cowboy. I'm just a cowboy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to competitions like what you guys go to, you know. I mean, I'm just cowboy off of him, do my little cowboy gig. So there ain't no telling, you know, I mean. And you think if that's a tool, you know, like yeah. if that was a tool that you use and someone yeah. wanted that tool, you're like, man. I mean, what's a new Ford pickup cost? Yeah. 100000 Yeah, man. To get down the road to go compete just yeah. to get there. Not yeah, not even the trailer you got hooked on, not even the feed, not even the shoe, and not even the you know the mag. I mean, like, come on, people, y'all get down right to it. Let's. I go cowboy for 150 a day. You know, I mean, come on, it's uh, one of them. We ain't getting rich. Yeah, we ain't getting rich doing it. But as I tell somebody, go buy a horse that fits you that you enjoy riding because those ones you don't enjoy riding, you ain't gonna ride them. You just might as well cut your losses and get take them to the. Take them to somebody and say, here, you can have this somebody because he ain't yeah. doing me no good. Nope. Yeah, and you see it plenty that one, one a horse that someone loves, the next person cannot even tolerate or come. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, whether yeah. it scares them or whatever. Yeah. So it's like you said, they've got to find what suits them, their personality, yeah, and the no. job too. Because you see some horses, they hate. If they don't have like an actual job, like working cattle, they hate it. And yeah. Some horses can do it all day. They can yeah. run circles all day. Hobo's a perfect example. That thing hates raining. Right. Oh, he did go out there and you go make him do all the stuff. He can do it. Man, you slide, you know, 15 feet and spin <laughs> and do all that stuff. And he, you know, he'll sit out there and kind of pin his ears back at you and yeah. not want to run hard and not want to do that much. You put that little girl on him and he just like goes, you know, go. acts like he ain't <laughs> a big problem. He's leading her around, you know, she's leading him around by his eye tooth and Heck she's yeah. as happy as can be, you know. Yeah. And, you know, but that's that's where his value is at. Yeah, no doubt. a show horse. And so, you know, I think that's that's important. You know, to realize for <clears throat> for for like my kids, like getting my kids to understand, like when they're going to um, to like figure out what that job is. Right. Just because you know I'm hardworking, dependable. You know, get out here every day, go to ride, doing the same thing, riding horses around in this little arena all day long. And right. it's about, do you, you know, I'm hardworking guy. I can get it done, right? Stick me in office and see how efficient I am. Right. Where's my value at? Yeah. Where is it? Like, well, maybe it's not a ranch horse. Maybe it is taking care of a kid. But, you know, is he worth that much as a ranch horse? Well, you're selling him in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You know, you put him under a little girl over there. What's he worth? Well, he's worth them. Um, He's worth whatever yeah. I can priceless. afford to pay, right? Because yeah. I want my kid to, you know, be yeah. safe, love what she's doing with her horses, and keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know? My my buddy had this, or his wife actually had this. She was like a warm blood mare for dressage, right? How do you guys say it? dressage? Whatever dressage. I like the way you say yeah. it. Anyway, dressage. dressage. He was saying dressage. <laughs> anyway, this this man, man, she was like a handful. She was scary, and. uh he traded her to one of his buddies on a big station in Australia. We call them stations, like a big ranch, really, really big. And they still on that place, Bronco brand, where they'll they'll put like a draft horse collar on on it, uh-huh. and run it back like a like a breast collar to to your cinch basically, and be tied off to that. Right. And they'll rope them with like a big green hide rope, uh-huh. and uh, they started using her for that. And this mare 
loves it. Like, I think they traded him like two or three horses for her. Right. And uh, man, nightmare trying to do, you know, like dressage and this thing will just drag anything to brand it. Right. Yeah, but you it's just, just got to figure out where they go. Finding the right yeah. job for the personality, right. you know, yeah. and uh, I guess... And it's the same, like you said, same with people. You put the wrong person in the wrong job and it's going to be a nightmare. So, no, no. You know, I think yeah. that's been lost too on a lot of the competitions that we go to. You know, you go, I, I know it is in the raining part and whatever, but people, you know, and I imagine the ropens. I see the ropens and I, st- I just can't. <laughs> you go to some of those ropens and it's, man, you drive up, man, you'd see hundreds of thousands of dollars in trailers and trucks. And they'll pull up in a rig that you go, holy smackers. And then they pull off this nag that, like, what in the heck are you riding? Yeah. I'm like, you pull up. I'm like, why don't you spend a little money on the right. quality stock you were riding? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what that, what <coughs> I always thought it was kind of odd that, that they would look and sell so cheap, uh, you know, number four, you know, roping horse. Yeah. And it was like, man, I mean, a good number four would bring you a lot more money. Oh, then. yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's way more number four ropers than there are number nines. Yeah. And that's it's funny you say that the first time. I don't, I don't team rope a whole lot. I mean, I can, and I've gone there once or twice. A couple, well, one year I went, a buddy of mine was like, man, you got to get a number. Like, I didn't even have a number in the World Series of the U.S., you know. And he's like, we got to go. They're paying too much money in the World Series team rope. He's like, you got to go. And I'm like, all right. So I got me a number. And the first one we went to was at Stephenville, which I think it had like 480 teams in the number nine roping, you know. And he was he was like a six healer, and I was a, they gave me started me off with a three, which I didn't keep that very long. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, the, for that the first hours. roping, yeah, that yeah, one roping. Uh, so I pull up over there, and I've got an old like this is no joke. I've got Bean, yeah. my my old bay horse, and uh, I'm heading my buddy's healing. I pull up at Stephenville, and like you say, all these. $200,000 rigs and I pull up in a flatbed Ford Ranch pickup with a feeder on it with a bumper pull yes. old round nose yes. bumper pull trailer that I'd made the bow, bow top for and I'd put a canvas tarp over the top of it that was my little ranch rig yeah, I that's, pulled it that's around. my dream is to yeah. go win stuff with a single horse bumper pull <laughs> I like, pull up you know and other guys and it's rattling and shit and I got bob wire tied on the back <laughs> and got you know I mean, it's my ranch rig <laughs> But I just I had one horse. I jumped him up in there, and that's where we went, you know. And we left there that day. We won $26,000. We win the number nine <laughs> open. And, like, we leave there that day, and I'm like, this, that's crazy. We just won $26,000. I'm coming here next weekend. That's crazy. Like, I mean, I cannot believe that. A buddy of mine, and they paid us, like, like they gave us our money in cash, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> well, they wanted us to enter the World Series in Vegas, you know. Like, do you want us to go ahead and hold your winnings out? I'm like, yeah, here, whatever they cost. Yeah, we're going, we're coming to Vegas. I'm going to win 300000 Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. This deal's easy, you know. And uh, so buddy of mine he's like they hand me this big water cash like 11 grand you know and like cash money and i'm like so i'm just over there in the corner i pull my pants leg up and i stick it in one side i take half of it stick it in one boot and i pull up pants leg and stick it in the other he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm putting that money away i don't want nobody knowing i got that and he's like who the hell is gonna get it from you he's like buster ain't nobody come jack with you for no money i promise and i'm like but in my mind hey you used to have that kind of cash i gotta put it somewhere (laughs) carried around like (laughs) put it in my pocket (laughs) but i thought it was funny you know other guys you know and it it was the only time they beat the hell out of me the rest of the year and then we go to vegas and we don't do any good out there either but 
It was one of those deals where it's like, I come showing up, you know, I imagine all them guys are like, who's this goon that just showed up? But when I left there, they knew who I was. They were like, hey, that's that guy that pulled up in that ranch rig with that bumper pull 60 model trailer that had a homemade top on it. I think sometimes like that, when you don't know any different, it helps you. It helps your mentality. It's like when when I got offered my first pro fight, I was just... uh, saddle bronc riding and like boxing and kind of just whatever and someone said do you want to what they should have what mma was like a video and i said what is that and they go it's mma and they say like cage fighting and i said oh yeah and they're like do you want to do it there's a fight in like six weeks and i was like yeah i'll do it <laughs> like of course i'll do it of why wouldn't I'll you win. like why wouldn't i win and now yeah. i look back and i'm like oh. yeah you know, like how gullible I was. Yeah, but like, I was totally different. I was, yeah. I was so confident. I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to beat this guy. But yeah, you know, like, it's uh, funny you say that because that deal we did with American the other day, the the guy, one of the speakers there, he got Sage Kimsey. He was in the stands, and there's there's probably forty of us in there that are American indoorsies, you know. And he gets Sage Kimsey out there, and you know, everybody knows who Sage Kimsey is. Bull rider, world champion, numerous times. You know, I mean, a hell of a bull rider, and. uh Coach, a big guy. He's a coach Baxter is his name. He coached for Michigan, USC, and had a job offer to go to the Jets. And mm. I, I got right in on the on his resume right there as I walked in. He was kind of giving his resume, so I'm kind of ignorant. I should know better what he, what he did. But anyways, he was. He told Sage. He said, "Stand out here." And Sage is looking. I mean, in front of everybody, and uh, multiple world champions, multiple endorsees, you know. And I, and he tells Sage. He says, "What's your name?" He says, Sage Kimsey. He says, I want you to look up there. Don't look at anybody. I want you to look over everybody. And I want you to say, my name is Sage Kimsey. My name is Sage Kimsey. My name is Sage Kimsey. And he said, hold your right arm out straight parallel with your shoulder. So he holds his arm out straight parallel with his shoulder like that. And the coach is standing behind him. And he says, go. Sage is like, my name is Sage Kimsey. My name is Sage Kimsey. And the coach grabs his arm with both his hands and tries to push it down to his hip. He can't do it. Sage can hold it up. He tells Sage, said, keep, don't let me push your arm down. I'm going to try to push your arm down to your, your waist. Don't let me push it down. And he's looked up in the stands and he's saying his name. And with every power that coach had, he couldn't push his arm down. Like he's got both hands and he's pushing down on him and he can't push it all the way down. Sage is struggling to hold it up, but he can hold it up. And uh, kind of like this goes back to what you were just talking about. And so he says, okay. He says, uh, I want you to look up there. And he said, I want you to say, your name is uh, Tough Cooper. Sage kind of looks at him, you know, funny. He says, okay. And he looks up in the stands. Same deal, same same, same predicament. He said, my name is Tough Cooper. My name is Tough Cooper. And that coach literally takes one finger on one hand and pushes his arm down to his side. Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and Sage is like trying to, I mean, like he's trying, but he can't. He can't hold his arm up. And I'm like, that's whatever. Voodoo. Whatever, you know. So he says, do it again. Say Sage Kimsey. He says, Sage Kimsey. He can't push his arm down. And he says, okay. He says, say, I can't. So he says it. I can't, I can't, I can't. Pushes his arm down with one finger. He says, now say, I can, I can, I can. He can't push it down. He's pushing on it. can't push it down. And he said, it does not matter. What they say you can or what they say you can't do, in your mind, if your soul believes it, you can do whatever you want to do. He said, I push your finger down. When you don't believe what you're saying or believe what you're thinking, 
I can push your push your arm down with one finger. When you believe what you're saying and you know it all the way to the depth of your core, your soul, it doesn't matter what anybody does. They can't do that to you. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I mean, that's just like he said. Yeah. You said, man, I can beat that guy. Yeah. And you truly believed it. You yeah. had no idea any other difference. You didn't yeah. know any different. Like, yeah, I can beat that guy. Yeah, I can train that horse. Yeah, I'm fixing to win the fraternity. Yeah, I'm fixing to win the derby. Mm. You know, and it's crazy. People think that's arrogance. It's not arrogance, and it can be arrogance, but it's confidence. It's confidence in who you are and what you do. Yeah. And that's what that coach said, you know, and this sticks with me. I'm like, wow. There's been times where I've been in the ranch rodeo. I'm like, man, I hope I can catch this steer because we need. I really need to rope this. I really need to do this. You know, I hope I can. I, you know, I wish. I, man, I'm not sure if I can. I'm like, you doubt yourself. Well, then you go in there and you miss. You go in there and yeah. you get bucked off. You go in there and you get knocked out. You yeah. go in there and you don't spin them all the way around. You stop halfway. You know, you get a negative two on it. Right. It's like, yeah. What did I do that for? I know better than that. Then it's all about what yeah. your mind says you can and you can't do. And if you believe you can't, you're not going to. I mean, and I truly believe that. That's just like you want to. You want to go? Yeah, hell, I can do that. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's just like Brendan. Like, yeah, I'll fight. Yeah. Whatever. I get in the cage. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can beat that guy. There's no way that guy can beat me. Yeah, I think that's like a good mentality. Like, I don't know if it is good, but I think it's. No, it is. I mean, but like, anything. Any, but I think you could put something... me into anything that even that I'm not good at. Right. Yeah. And I'll like you could be like you're 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 roping against Buster, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'm coming to win, yeah. even though I know that. Yeah, even yeah. though that, like, I know my skills aren't as good as yours. I'm not going there to lose. No. And that's okay. like. So my mentality always is, I don't really think like win and lose. I think, I, I always think like, what have I got to do in this moment to get the job done? Right. And then the next, mm -hmm. in the next second, one more second, I'll think about what I got to do that second right. to get the job done. And if you can line them all up, then the job yeah. gets done. Second by second, minute That's by it. minute, hour by hour, yeah. whatever you need yeah. to do. You know, yeah. yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm thinking, and then it goes all the way back to those guys, Bert, Coons, Special Operations, Yeah, you know, tier one, Army, Green Beret, Ranger, they train those guys. That's all they know. They can't. You don't lose. You can't yeah. lose. You're not going to lose. They strip everything out of the negative, throw it away, and they rebuild them as, yeah. I can do anything. You know, I can go for four days without any sleep, without one bottle of water, without anything to eat, and I can still outdo you, the normal civilian, because I can. Yeah. Because I know I can. They trained me to do that. That's what I know I can do. But in yeah. that training, right? That training wasn't just like in order to get to that part, you have to be broken down. Yeah, you have right? to be I mean, stripped. It's and it's where like it's where like all of us have gotten to a point where I'm not I I don't fear losing. Right. I can like I've fallen on I've fallen through in the middle of Oklahoma City Arena. Drug, you know, fell with a horse running straight to the middle, slid on my side, you know, in the middle of the derby. Yeah. Like, top that. You know, you yeah. aren't going to, there's nothing you can do that's going to embarrass me. I am, mm -hmm. I am not here for your entertainment. I am here to go and do what I do. And I want to do it the best I possibly can. There you go. And if I did that, I can walk away from here. I didn't win. I'm fine with not winning. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna come back the next time, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna be here and do it again. Yeah. And nobody remembers my losses. They only remember the wins and whatever else. I remember all of those losses. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade a single one of them. No. Because <clears throat> it made me where I'm at. Right. That I don't think that there's as bad as like buds is for Navy SEALs, and you know all the trainings that all the special forces guys go through. 
they go through and they're broken down to the you know the core of who they are. But you have to have that to get built up, right? Right? I mean, like I don't. I think that's something that one I want my kids to know too. But at the same time, it's one one of those things that like I teach with my non pros when I'm coaching them. They're all worried about what they. Like, man, you ain't here for everybody else. You know, you, you come in and pay attention to the task you have at hand, and that's all that matters. And if you go and lose, so what? But don't go in there to lose. Yeah. You know, go in there with your job and, and practice to what you're going to, you know, what you have the task at hand. Right. Right. But, um, but that adversity is where we, what makes us better. No, doubt. none of us, none of us have, have gone and been successful and never had a failure. Just, mm. I'm just a winner. Just no. all the time. Like that saying is, uh, be willing to suck until you're good. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It is true to suck long enough. Yeah. For as long as it takes to get good. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's like Emmett Smith said, I always remember this quote too. <laughs> I may win, I may lose, but I will never be defeated. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's good. good. Yeah. I yeah. may win, I may lose, but I will never be defeated. That's oh, yeah. true though. That's, I, good, I, yeah. that's I, what I, I would always say with flight coming into fights. Like you can destroy me, but you can never defeat me. Mm -hmm. Like you can you can break yeah. my body down. Like, but you're not going to defeat me. Beat me up, knock yeah. me out, but next week I'll be right back yeah. up there and you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a, the cowboy, the fighter, the military, the guys that are hardcore blue collar. You got to get up in the morning at 3.30 and you got to pack a lunch and you got to carry a canteen. Yeah. You got to go beat something, whatever it may be. Dig post holes, drive T posts, train, train. You know, feed horses, buck hay, do all that yeah. stuff. That's something that the civilian, most civilians in the world today, they don't have to do. They get up, they drink their coffee, they get in their Uber, and they go to work. They sit in the air conditioned office, and they ain't yeah. taking that away from nobody because we no. need that as well. But they don't know what it is to get up yeah. at three o'clock in the morning, work all day. The other day, I went and helped a guy, helped attend to some yearlings for a guy. We, I left my house at three o'clock, and I got back the next day at two o'clock in the morning. Man. We got we had a wreck. I mean, had a bad wreck. We uh, not not a physical car wreck, but we had some cows get out. We had to go find them, and it took forever. And then we got them. I mean, it was one of them days. We didn't eat. Now nothing. We had a couple bottles of water. I mean, we went for damn near twenty four hours before we got back to the house, and it was like, whew, shit. I'm forty six years old. That's a long day, you yeah. know. I mean, like, damn. And uh, horses. I mean, we had horses yeah. with us. They had to do the same thing, you know. It's yeah. like somebody's like, dang, you know. I'm like, hey, they got to go just like I got to go, you yeah. know. I mean, when I quit, they quit. It's the yeah. same way with my son. When he goes with me, when I quit, he quits. You got to get tough. You got to be able to yeah. willing to sacrifice to be and do what we do. That's yeah. it. And when I retire, I'm going to work eight hours a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Somebody yeah, says, dang, what do you do? You know, somebody says, oh, I'll work eight hours a day. I'm like, what do you do the other half? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you do the other half of the day? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, shit. Yeah. Now, Come on. Well, that was a, one of my help was like, and we've been here 12 hours. I said, well, half a day's worth of work. So yeah. Ain't too bad. Yeah, exactly. We've done <laughs> a half a day's worth of work. 12 hours left in the day. I mean, hell, like, them, like <laughs> you go on them big ranches. I mean, you might try two hours before you even start. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you're trotting two hours in the dark to get to the backside to gather a yeah. pasture, and you might sit there 30 minutes before the sun comes up. Yeah. And then you might work till two or three o'clock, you know. I mean, yeah. it's like, come on. Yeah. But people nowadays, you know, a lot of them, and there's still a lot of guys out there that do that, you know, grind like that. But it, it's the the civilization is getting softer and softer, yeah. and we're raising softer kids. And yeah. you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm not trying to be rude about it, no. but it is. I mean, there's not anybody 
wants to grind like that. You can't find it. You talk to anybody in the physical labor community, oh. they can't find people to work. Oh, yeah. You can't find them to work. They don't want to grind. Well, they don't know, want to work twelve hours a day. And and it's not it's not something that is um, that we're putting a lot of honor behind. Right. Right. We're not yeah. we're not we're not praising that guy that's grinding yeah, that's going out there like we're you know the. The, the old country songs that are always, you know, the steel mill worker and the, you know, one that, you know, is out doing this and doing that. Like, man, like, that's not, we're going to, we're going to praise the Kardashians that shake yeah. their butt for, yeah, you know, exactly. whatever. Yeah. Like, and, you know, that's, that's not reality. It isn't reality, you know. I mean, I guess in some people's world it is, but it's a very minute percentage of the world, yeah. you know, that, that, that it is reality. And it's like, they down talk the blue collar man, the callous hand guy. You know, go to college, get a degree, don't do that, don't do physical labor, don't be a vocational, don't be, you know, it's like, all that does is teaches those people that what we're doing for a living, and you can't get by without us, I'm pro- I'm sorry, you can't get by without the blue collar, salt of the earth, hardworking American, that the world will not work without us. No, and you know what, when you go to college, and I've been there, I got kicked out of plenty of really good colleges. <laughs> um but it's just there to teach you how to learn. Right. It's not what to learn. It's mm-hmm. how to learn, how to get the information, how to become more and more intelligent, resourceful, and figure those things out. And once you figure that out, that's when the learning starts. You bet. Right? It's the it's the actual physical get into it that actually what's really funny to me is like the some of the things in the medical community, like artificial insemination and and embryo transfer and all that kind of stuff. That was all done by dairy workers. Right. I mean, dairy farmers were the ones that came up with that. They did that, you know, 20, 30 years before people even thought about doing yeah, that exactly. or using that in the science community. Yeah. You know, and same thing with, you know, how to deal with diseases and whatever else. I mean, yeah. the, the swine industry's got a real handle on that long yeah. before anybody else does. And that's kind of, you know, that's just a place to start to learn. No doubt. I, I totally agree, you know. And and like I say, we all need that. We need yeah, those definitely. people that will sit in the office and punch a computer. We need those people that can do all that stuff. I don't, I, I'm not downgrading that whatsoever. But there's but a, they also need us just as well. And they don't need to downgrade the blue-collared American hardworking uh, civilian that's out there grinding from 3 o'clock in the morning, practice. working at the gym mill, working at the coal mine, punching the clock, pulling the plow, you know, training, all, you know, whatever it needs to be, yeah. you know. I mean, they, you got to have us too. You know, yeah. I mean, you really do. It's got to be a value in all of it. We yes, sir. We, it's whenever we start devaluing one other one for another, whether no matter what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. No matter what it is, your job or your placement or what you, you know, whatever yeah. it is. We, we, need, we all need each other and you do what you do and you yeah. do what you like and, you know, don't. Don't down talk us and say that we're a bunch of dumb hicks no, who can't get something no, done. <laughs> no, I had a I had a, a guy once did it with my with my junior high with the junior high kids and and I thought it was a great uh, example. He was talking about how um, these kids and a lot of kids nowadays they where do they find the value? You have to roll. Yeah. Brendan's gonna yeah, I'm gonna out everyone on the podcast. And Brendan's gotta go to work. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> the blue collar to work. Brendan, pleasure. Yeah, you thank too. you. Yes, yes sir. You. For sure. Nice Thanks, yeah, man. Have fun. Later. Enjoy Be the safe. rest of the chat. I'll grab these. Good. Um, Cheers, fellas. Later, man. Um, but there was it was really a cool little presentation for a bunch of junior high kids. And and the crazy part was shoot, I learned so much from it, right? You bet. But um but he he had went out with uh, he was a good friend and he went out with all the kids and 
and he, and he was using the candy bar as an example, but he said, you know, who, who is it that, that sets the value on this candy bar? You know, do, does it the guy that the gas station or the store that, you know, put that candy bar out there, does he set what the price is on that candy bar? And they're like, or when I'm buying it, do I get to say what that what it's worth? Because I'm I'm putting the money in. I'm only going to pay fifty cents instead of two dollars for it. And they're like, no. And like going through, it's like, well, it was is it, is the guy who who you know made that candy bar? Is he the one who puts the value on that candy? He's the one who says how you know what it sells for. And I'm like, yeah, the the guy who made the candy bar, you know, he knows what it costs to make it, and that's the one that sets the value on it. And he says, who's the one that sets the value on you? There you go. One that made you. Exactly. Right? And whenever we sit here and we look at each other and go, well, your job's only worth this much. Or that, you know, that's only worth that much. You know, well, this guy, well, he only does this and contributes this much to society or whatever else. I don't know. The only one that says what my value is is the one who made me. Exactly. Right? You don't set that value. No doubt. And not only that, but God, yeah, that's a huge part for kids nowadays to be yeah. able to, my daughter, that's what I want my daughters to know. Like, you not bet. that boy, he's not the one that says what your value and your worth is. You bet. You know, it's the one who made you. You bet. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's, there's not enough of that. No, there's no, not no. enough of that in our society right no, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. That no, was cool. I uh, I enjoy these kind of talks. Yes, sir. For sure. Yeah. yeah me, too. me too. I appreciate it very yeah, much. You bet. Well, I appreciate you coming out. I oh, I enjoy yeah. your following your stuff. And, well, you know, thank like, you. Huh? I I think you know, like for me, I think I can always learn from a guy like you on on because I think I get stuck so much in what I'm doing on training that I can fool myself into thinking that I'm controlling so much of right. it. And, and I got to step out of what I'm doing. That's where I'm finding myself at right now as a, as a trainer, right? <laughs> you know, I trained for the competition in Chopin and I've kind of fooled myself into thinking that that's the finished work, yeah. right? That, yeah. that I got to go, what it is to go and show. Now that sets a value on the horse for you what bet. I'm going to do in the competition. Right. But I also like want to understand, you know, what that finish work is in, in real life work. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I've started playing around with doing a little rope and doing yeah. other things just because it's just like, well, I'll figure out, you know, what, what's the good part of that? What do yeah. I need to have one doing? Yeah. You just adding value to your product, yeah. whatever it may be, you know, whether you want to sell them as a rope horse or a rainer or a cow horse, or, you know, just a general trail horse or yeah. to a cowboy, you know, I mean, you, you're, you're adding value to your product. Right. You're adding value to yourself. Yeah. I mean, and I can't, I can't, I can't train one to do that if I don't know what that job is, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it is, it is what it is. And like you say, I mean, I, I hang around and I'm lucky enough to be around where that part of the world where there's a lot of horse trainers. I mean, there's a lot of great yeah. horse trainers, no doubt about it. And, you know, I I try to go see those guys. I try to go by those guys and ask them, you know, like, hey, I got this guy, this horse doing this. And what do you know, how do I make, you know, show me what you do or show me how you mm-hmm. do it. And it's funny now that, Guys ask me that, you know, I mean, younger guys say, yeah. hey, well, how do you get your horse to do this? Or how do you get your horse to do that? I'm like, well, to me, it's just, it's simple, you know, but I've been doing it for a while. And a lot of guys, it's kind of like that riding that really good horse. It kind of helps them show them what it is. And like, yeah. I don't physically have to show them. I can tell them and say, hey, do this. And when you feel this, then turn it loose, you know, and it's a pressure and release game, no matter what. Yeah. Whether you're training rainers, cow horses, cutters, ropers, 
you know, trail horses, it's a pressure and release deal. I yeah. mean, it is. It's just how much pressure you put on them when they re- give it to you, you release it. And yeah. eventually that pressure lacks and lessens and you just roll on with it, you know. And the better you get at them, the feel for it, exactly. the better you can release and no doubt. start learning faster. Yeah. No doubt. And, you know, I mean, it is. I think it's that way in life. Life puts pressure on you. And when you do the right thing and you get it settled, then it releases that pressure. Yeah. And how and hard-headed like, I'm going to be and how yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. And I've been plenty hard-headed. I can not you, you know. And I try to stomp my eyes shut before I'm like, okay, all right, I get it. Yeah. yeah. It takes me a little longer sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> okay. No, okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try that again one yeah. more time. Maybe this time it'll work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, dummy. Yeah. Don't do that again. For yeah. sure. Boy, I sure did make my dad worry for a long time when I was a kid. <laughs> I think we all did. Oh, man. Some of us still do. Yeah. They're lucky enough to still have their dad or parents alive. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think mine still worry about me. They're like, where are you going? What are you doing? What? What's wrong with you? Uh, I remember when I told my dad, you're going to be a horse trainer. How are you going to make any money? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I first, first place that I bought was like expensive and I went all, you know, I had to learn my lesson of, you know, how to yeah. numbers right. and how, yeah. you know, coming in and going out and how much you really ought to be borrowing and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and I went and did that and, oh man, I just, I'm, I made him worry for, years like you know how you're gonna go broke and you're gonna you know what are you doing running off the rails and you know, i was like i'm just gonna figure it out what are you gonna do if you fail we'll start over i'll do it again start over yeah. again i started out before yeah i was i failed over yeah. over there and that's mine like, pretty good at that failing yeah exactly Nick. yeah we're just gonna start over again yeah. yeah i can do that yeah yeah no doubt yeah that's kind of a but i think that's important I think that's important for all of a sudden. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. No doubt. You're not going to get there by not trying. Yeah, Sitting back exactly. and watching it. Exactly. You got to. You got to fail. There ain't no telling how many times. You know how many times did. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll leave it with Blake right there. But uh, Edison. How many times Edison failed before oh, he invited the light bulb? I think yeah. that's one of the craziest deals. And yeah, you, did you have you ever heard the the deal of what he was asked? I'm like, well, how do you deal with failing that many times? And he said, I never thought about it failing. I just thought there was 3,100 steps to making a light bulb. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about your mindset. That's how many steps there are in the light bulb. Heck, that's know. just the way it is. Yeah. It's just you sitting over there on the side thought it was a failure. Yeah. You know? That only takes me 1,501 steps, you know, not then in 10 years, it's going to take. 10 steps. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a progression. Yeah. I think that's why I like jujitsu so much. Oh yeah. No doubt. It's just, you know, it's not anything that you're just going to get overnight. You know, (laughs) I I don't know. I don't train near as well. I've I've rolled with a guy that's pretty savvy in the jujitsu deal and uh, I I enjoy it. I'm not, I don't have a clue about what I'm doing. I mean, it'd be like, it'd be like me trying to train a reigning horse. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I enjoy being there and I enjoy Failing, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy getting tapped out. It's like, how the hell did you do what that? Did that what did you do? And then he does it again. You're like, what? Wait, hold on. You just did that same thing yeah, again. Yeah, like right? and it didn't even. It, it's all about feel. Yeah, like I didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like that. Like yeah. how that? Okay, all right. But yeah, so like you know, I mean that that it is. It's a fun game and it's a it's cool. I, yeah. I wish I knew more about it and I wish I did it more. Which only person that can change that is me. Yeah. And uh, well, wait, next time you're down here, you have to go over with Brendan yeah, and go. I'd love to. Yeah, uh, for it's sure. Fun. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I've I'm a bit of a 
slave to it yeah. at some point once I'm done riding it. I don't know. I figured out how to make a living by just playing. So Yeah, heck yeah. And then yeah. it's cool. Yeah. I know, it's just kind of like I cheated on something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. But it works. Heck yeah. Well, cool, man. I enjoyed having you out. Well, thank uh, you for having me. You're back in town. Give me a yell, man. Yeah, come for by. sure. I will. Yeah. No doubt. Same yeah. to you. I'll yeah, get bro. down around Weatherford and holler. Yeah, come by and hang out. Yeah. And if you ever, next time you're coming down, Drag the horse down. Don't worry, I'm going to. Y'all might see me on the regular now. Jiu-jitsu and horse training? Yeah. Like, yeah, I learned something from you two guys. We'll go rope, and then you can beat me roping, and yeah. I can choke you over Perfect. Here. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm down. No doubt. Good, good. Cool. Thank well, you all for having me. All right, yes, thanks sir. a lot, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.